Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thanks guys for that worship time. That was awesome. Really, really good. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, I spent a few days with my pastor, my brother. It's funny when you're talking in Christian circles and you go, oh, this is my brother. And they go, yes. No, no, it's my brother, brother. My brother. Brother? It's my brother, brother. We're brothers. Mum and dad are the same. My mum and dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of them said, are you brother and sister? <laughs> that was a mistake. She didn't mean to say that. She just said, are you, are you like brother and sister? Oh, I mean brother and brother. Yeah. <clears throat> it was really funny at the time, and I laughed a lot, but you didn't, and that's okay. That's okay. <sighs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Hey, I'm going to um, pick up where Pastor Kylie was, uh, what she was dropping bombs with uh, a couple of weeks ago on, um, with Ezekiel, the, um, the rivers. Uh, she made a statement in there about um, our giftings and, and moving in our giftings and, and uh, all of that. And, and it just, I was started to read through Matthew 25 um, and was was captured by that this actually 24 and 25 there's like a set, series of instructional parables that Jesus tells and he's he's telling his disciples it's about a time when when the master goes away you got to be be like this don't be like that and be like this but don't be like that and the, the 10 versions but don't be like the how many was it? there was 10 wasn't it yeah okay the virgins and keep your oils your wicks trimmed and and don't be like the ma- the servant and when he's a master's away treats the other servants bad and gets drunk and has and beats them i don't know why you automatically would start beating people anyway that's that's it was funny when i was reading it why are these guys beating everyone is this necessary okay so um matthew 25 i'm going to read from yeah. i gotta lubricate my lungs <clears throat> No, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. <laughs> okay, um, so Jesus is speaking a parable here. Let's see, can I speak about the Word of God for a second? Okay, that's great. Yeah, excellent. Um, Matthew 25, it's verses 14 to 30. Um, and these are, I don't know if you've ever read through them, but you can tend to sort of look on the negative a lot because... Jesus is, is making a, a clear distinction between the right way and, and not the right way. You know? Follow what you what I want you to follow. And if you don't, this is what's going to be the result. And I tend to focus on the negative a lot. Does anyone else focus on the negative a bit sometime? Yeah. No, Stephen, no one else? Oh, yeah. I got another nod there. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? We focus on the negative in our lives. Um, but these parables have such a hidden treasure in them. Um, it's God's goodness and his kindness to us to to portray how things would unfurl and how things would would work out if we were to go the wrong path it's his great kindness that he shows us through revelations actually how everything pans out this is this is how it all ends guys and this is what's going to happen until and until the next season of things and i decide to change stuff and that's up to him that's fine but isn't it good that he shows us in advance it's it's his goodness his kindness his mercy to give us an opportunity while there's still breath in our lungs while the master hasn't come back yet while we've still got time to change things tweak things move things around and go oh that i didn't realize i'd become like that 
And I love these songs about coming alive and awakening because, yeah. because I, there have been elements in my life where I've fallen asleep. Anyone else found themselves lulled into a sweet little sleep and just, oh, I like it like this. Why can't we go back to lockdown again? No, I'm sure that's not, I'm sure that's not the case, especially when you've got kids. I don't want to teach kids. I didn't sign up for this. Actually, I do. <laughs> if you're parent, you're teaching kids. But anyway, that's another story. So that does explain a lot. So isn't it good? I love it. So let's take what God is giving to us in these, in these parables and listen to what he says. Let's listen to the words of Jesus and take them and chew over them and, and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak to me in this moment right here, right now? Well, this crazy guy's up on stage just waffling on. I want to hear from you, Holy Spirit. We want to hear from you, Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, be in the words that I speak and the words that are declared over here. Be in our minds, be in our hearts and our spirits. Guide us, comfort us, direct us on the right path. You are the spirit of truth and we love you. So let's read from this. I've, I've danced around it enough. Actually, in Matthew, it's funny because it's just after the, the parable of the ten virgins, which is about keeping an eye on the time and knowing what's happening. So there's a reason for that. So anyway, um, so I'm reading from the New International Version. Again, so he's talking about the parable of the virgins to uh, virgins. Virgins. I thought I said virgins there for a second. No, I didn't. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags. This talks about talents in some versions. To another one bag, each according to his ability. Each according to how they can handle themselves. Each according to how they can, how they can manage life. Then he went on his journey. He left them. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other bag, five bags, <laughs> and said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags. Now see, I've gained five more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's a good statement right there, isn't it? The man who had two bags said, Master, you've entrusted me with two and gold, and see, I've gained two more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Like that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. I'm giving it back to you. So his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money to work on deposit with the bankers so that I would have returned. Hang on. So when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever who has will be given more and will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this is where I like to say, wow, it's great that he's telling us this ahead of time. 
Yes, it's good. Thank you. Yeah, that, that is a good to, to know this ahead of time because it ends on a fairly, whew, oh, that's a bit scary. Don't want to be that guy. Don't want to be that guy. But it's good that he's showing us this because it's, it's, a, it's a warning, but it's also advice. It's also care. It's love that, that he doesn't want his children in those, thing, in those areas ending up like that. Okay, because he's a good father and he puts treasures in our lives. And this parable shows, I like it because it shows Aries' potential with him and also with us. It shows our potential, but it also shows his potential. And I'll talk about that in a second. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I'll, I like that. That's why he said, um, I'll give them the bags depending on their abilities, depending on their capacity, depending on their character, depending on their, uh, it actually is, I think it's dunamis, their power, who they are. I'll give them value and worth, treasures, depending on who they are and how they can handle things, which is, which is his love as well because if you're not meant to carry ten, five bags of gold, then you don't want to be carrying five bags of gold because I've been in situations where I, can't ha- I didn't handle myself well. Anyone else been in a situation where you're given something and you're like, no, nah, I, oh, I messed that up. I did that real good. I, I, I should have even just hid that in the ground. That would, probably would have been, no, it wouldn't have been better. But like, you know, we've messed things up. But God is good. He doesn't give us too much, more than we can handle. <clears throat> so two-thirds of the servants in this, in this parable um, obeyed diligently. Um, they took the, the treasure, they applied it well, and they returned a huge profit for, for the master. But let's face it, we're probably not concerned too much about the two-thirds. We're more thinking about the one-third guy. That's me. Just show me the low bar. Show me, you know, show me where the minimum requirement is. I just want to make sure I'm a little bit above that, right? You know, the, 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 the lion's chasing me. I just want to be faster than the slowest guy. That's all. That's all it counts. Just, just that little step ahead. It's good when I'm with Pastor Steve because he's a little bit slower than me, so I can, I can run ahead of him. <laughs> <clears throat> I was, he, he does handle himself. I, I'm really impressed with how well you are, you are working that body of yours. Even, <laughs> work it. No, how you're, how, how you're training it. <laughs> moving it, moving it. Um, so I wonder, I was thinking about the three servants. Who, what's the name of the third guy? I don't know. I want to call him a name, but I don't want to call him a name of anyone else here because I don't want to just say that guy. Um, what, Sorry. Doug, no, that could be a name that gets used here. Uh, so Doug, oh, I dug a hole. Your, your daughter was on the on the. Anyone here called Doug? No, no Doug. All right, guy's name's Doug. I was thinking Spencer or something like that. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> All right, so but it's got to be a guy too because we know it's not going to be a woman because she wouldn't be that dumb. Uh, it's got to be a guy. Um. But it's, I think there's more, if we look at the response of the, of this, of Doug, let's call it Doug, excellent. If we look at the response of Doug when he meets his master, so in the end, (laughs) sorry Jesus, you didn't call him that, but we're going to call him that, okay? Let's have a bit of fun with it. He's laughing at us. Um, With us, not at us. But Doug is there for a reason. And and it's not a, not because he didn't have, ability um like in his life it's if we read his words um 
there's actually a, a fundamental flaw in the way that he viewed the master. Uh, and that drove his actions and his perspective was, was different to the other two, right? We can see that by the outcome, but we can also see that by his words. Um, so if we read it, I like it how it's said in the message. Um, so this is, where does he say this? In verse 24 and 25 of Matthew 25. The servant with one, well, actually in the, in the message, it says 5,000 coins, 2,000 coins, and then 1,000 coins. So it's, you can tell that this is a treasure that the master has given to him. Master, I know you have high standards mm. and you hate careless ways and that you demand the best and you make no allowances forever. Error. I was afraid that I might disappoint you. Or in other words, I might lose your treasure. So I found a good hiding place and I secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, right down to the last cent. <laughs> That's me sometimes, you know, like I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to mess it up. So maybe it's better to not do anything with it than to do something with it. Um, Anybody else got some hidden treasures in their life like that? I do. Or maybe we've been hurt and we, we bury it because there's pain. We don't want to be exposed to the pain. Or maybe there's, there's, there's just fear. Maybe it's just fear that's driving us to, to bury that down. And, and it's interesting because I hid it means to keep secret, to escape notice, to conceal it. Oh, and in the ground. Pastor Steve used to say a lot that, in, you know, um, your kingdom come on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. That word earth, meaning the whole globe, everything in the globe, everything on the globe, everything about earth, meaning us as well. So he hid, he, is, he concealed it in the earth. It didn't go any further than him. It stayed in him. The treasure that he had stayed with him, with me. If we, if we bury our treasures in the ground, they stay with us. They don't, they're inert. They're ineffective, they're concealed, they, they don't have, they can't get out and no one can see them. But, but stewardship, uh, something I heard the other day, stewardship is not preservation. It's not about preserving ourselves. See, the, the servant had planned what he was going to do and he executed it flawlessly. Because he said in there, like, this is who you are, so I'm going to act like this. And then I'm, I'm going to hide it so I don't lose it and I'm going to give it back to you so that you've got everything you gave to me. Here it is. But he didn't realise that you only bury dead things. You don't bury treasure. Only dead things get buried. But he kept it to himself. He knew how much there was. He knew where it was. But don't bury things that aren't dead so if you're worried that your actions in life resemble more of Doug than it does the other two we won't name them because that'll take too long um I, I have got good news for you all right um because I'm kind of working this parable backwards I'm going to to Doug and not to the other two on, on purpose because I think we can all you know um empathize with what he does and how he's hidden things. And, and I feel like there's, we still have hidden stuff that can be floating around in our lives. And I've, I've noticed that lately that there's, and, and reading through this, Holy Spirit is showing me this is, you've got hidden stuff. 
why, why are you hiding this? Why, why is it in the ground? Why is it in your ground? Why isn't it coming out? Um, and it's okay because the master hasn't returned yet. He, he's not here. So we don't have that, uh-oh, I'm, I'm Doug. <laughs> no, I'm Doug. <laughs> and your treasure isn't dead. It's still, it's alive and so are you. Everyone breathe in for a second. And then breathe out. You're alive. You have breath in your lungs. And no matter what, <laughs> you're doing great. And no matter what level you think you're at, whether you're just getting by or you think you're great, uh, there's still time for us. There's still breath in your lungs. Uh, and that alone is a treasure in itself, isn't it? To, that we have breath. That we can actually do something with that next breath and that next breath after that. Because um, once exposed to air, God's treasures will produce a good return. The treasure that is placed in you when it's exposed to air will produce a return. Because it did in the other two, not disciples, the other two servants. <laughs> he was talking to his disciples. He was probably teaching them about what was to come when, he, when he's crucified and he's away and they don't see him anymore. But when they're exposed to air, God's treasures have immense capability to return a profit, to return a great reward when they are ex- just, just used, exposed to air, like to air, to the Holy Spirit. When it's exposed to the Holy Spirit, his treasures produce a great return. I am so thankful for that because I can be a bit like Doug and think, I don't know how to use this well. I don't really know how to steward this well. How do I do this really well? Do I run and hide? No, all I need to do is expose it to the air, the Holy Spirit. I'm exposing it to the Holy Spirit and let's see what he can return. In Matthew 25, there's a two times return. In Luke 19, there's a very similar parable where he gives 10 minors, five minors and one minor. um, And I think I get, no, two. Anyway, it doesn't matter, five, two and one. he does the same story, right? It's a very similar story. And the guy goes and hides it and, and brings it back. In that parable, there's a, there's a five times and a, and a ten times, I think, there is a reward. There's actually a, a bigger multiplication again. I'm really excited by this idea that, that God's treasures that he places in our lives can multiply even beyond what I would expect. But it's important to identify what that treasure is. In the, he's talking about money when he's telling the parables, but it's not money that he's talking about, really. It's a story that related to something else. It's money he's using as words because we can see the real value in money. Money, money, give me gold. Yeah, 1,000 gold, 5,000 gold, I'll take some of that. But it's not a financial meeting. It's not an investment meeting. Or even though some of the elements in investing can transfer into that, the treasure that Jesus is talking about is the gifts that he's given to his children. I want to go through some of them quickly. I know... Time will run out of me very fast, but Romans 12, Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. So we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, I'm putting this out into the air. Let's get it into the air. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is leading, then do it diligently. And if it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. And straight after that, it starts talking about love and how love must be sincere. Because we need love mixed in with the gifts. I think very importantly to have love mixed in with the gifts so that we don't elevate these giftings above everyone else. It's actually about keeping love in there as well. In Ephesians 4, it says, Now these gifts 
This is verse 11 to 15. Now these gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the fivefold, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, love each other dearly. Love again, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I'm getting this out into the air, okay? I'm getting it out. Each of you must do whatever... Ah, hang on, let me start that again. Each of you must use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's nice and liberating there. Like that's actually... I don't have to work out a calculation or an equation or go to school or go to some kind of college to figure this out. It's just use it for others. Whatever your gift is, is to serve others as faithful stewards. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So these treasures, these treasures are for others, but they are to give glory to God. They're for others and the building up of others and the building up of us, but they're not just for me. So if I have a gift of of giving, of of money and finance, that is not just for me to keep for me or for my kingdom and to build for me. If my gift is a gift of music, it's not for me to use for me. If it's a gift of, of public speaking, it's not me to use for me. It's for me to use for you. It's for us to use for us. It's for the building up and, and the development of us all. Because as you use your gift, you yourself are actually growing as well. Am I right? As you, as you step out and take that treasure and you give it to someone else, you find that you're growing and developed in, in the process of it. And it gives glory to God. Sweep those streets and give glory to God because the treasure will produce a return to him in the end I love it God's in the long game not in the short game he's not about buying low and selling high he's about investing for the long haul the long long haul the longest haul in fact the eternity haul is what he's going for he's going for everything he's putting and and rep I love that the treasure actually represents the master's wealth it's it talks about his wealth. I'm going to share this wealth as while I go away, I'm going to portion it out to my servants, my people. And interesting. So I talked about when, when, the, when the treasure is released to the air, the other two servants, the not dugs, release their treasures to the air, it multiplies, right? But the only thing that can stop that multiplication is you putting it in the ground. Doug putting it in the ground, sorry. But it also it's an example for you and I. If if we take that treasure and put it into the ground, that's our choice of stopping it. And we and I think we do it mostly out of fear, because that guy was talking in he was talking fear and scared and not wanting to lose and suffer loss. So he he hid it in the ground. And that that's the only way we can stop it. Because when we get it out into the air, it multiplies. I think I've got you thinking about that, have I? I wonder if the Holy Spirit 
is, is to, I'm going to keep drinking. That's good. I wonder if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now. Have I got anything that I have held down and pushed into the ground of my life, into the, into the earth of my life? I have. And, and I'm glad the Holy Spirit showed me. So that, that's not meant to be in the ground. There's some things that you plant and they grow. This is not going to grow in the ground. God's treasures aren't meant to be put in the ground. So it's time for that to wake up. It's time for you to, to find that hidden treasure, unearth that treasure, and get it out into the air. Because Jesus is going to come back for it one day. <laughs> it ought to be like Doug. All right. So we want to dig up our gift, right? And we want to invest it. Because that's what the that's what the servants that not Doug did. <laughs> hmm. I'm so glad you guys laugh at some of my jokes. What was that joke? Was that a joke? No. Because um, I've been looking at. So here we go. Let's let's have another look, have a look at the other two servants. Because strong investors, I've, I've been looking at investment and how people invest lately. I still don't get it. The stock market, is, as far as I, I get investment, sorry, I, sh- I should say that. But I'll be looking at the stock market and how things move up and down and everything, and it's just it's just madness. It's crazy. It's, I'll be looking at some of the the brokerage firms and and some of their apps, and there's people that talk like they make comments and things like that. And these guys are crazy. They're whacked out. Like let's buy, buy. Come on, guys, buy. Don't sell. Buy, buy. He's trying to whip up a frenzy to get other people to buy this stock so that you're not selling it because then his money goes down and 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 the whole. Okay, so, but a strong, that's a little bit of crazy, but a strong, effective investors don't buy just on hunch or emotion. They learn about the business that they're investing in and they use wisdom to make their investments. So if you want to get your treasure and you want to invest it well, then ask for wisdom. So Solomon asked for wisdom and then he went and used it. Chelsea spoke a prayer um, during Breakthrough a couple of weeks ago and she said, God, show us what to invest the time and breath that you have given us. She just made that statement. You may not even remember that, but it stuck with me because I'm thinking about investment. God, show us how to invest it. You may be thinking through this, you're like, well, how do I know what talent, what treasure I've got? Like, what is my treasure? Like, uh, is it gifting? Is it evangelism? Is it, is it, am I a pastor? Am I a preacher? Am I a teacher? Am I a giver? Am I an encourager? Am I, where am I in that? Well, I encourage you to, to talk to others that know you, those that you trust, to help you learn what that is. Because sometimes people outside of your brain will actually understand what you are wired for and what you're good at doing. And you may think, it's just what I do with my hands or it's just what I do. It's not nothing good. And they'll say, no, no, that's actually a gift from God. You know, I, I just put one brick on top of another one. No, that's actually a gift from God that God's given you. You know, oh, I'm just... I'm just good at maths. No, that's actually a gift of God that that is is for you to use. And I'm good at, at teaching people. No, no, you actually that's a gift of God. Speak with those who you trust to help you grow and develop that gift, and then pray for wisdom. So, and don't look at it. Pastor Carly mentioned it um, two weeks ago when she was speaking about Ezekiel. She said um, that it may be a trickle may be small, may appear small to you, but don't consider it small because it can have a massive return. What you invest today, if we were to purely in money, you invest $10 today, in 10 years' time could be $1,000, could 
could be $10,000, depending on how it compounds as it goes forward. And that's just money. That's just the master saying, you know, even if you gave it to the lenders, the money lenders, they'll get back a return from you. But if you bring it into the air and expose it, how much more? So don't consider small things to be small things. And don't even consider money, as it's talking in the Bible, to be just money. It's not. It's, it's, this is the treasure. This is the wealth of God that he's placed inside our hearts. And this is for the building up. Can I read through a bit more in, um, it was Ephesians, wasn't it? Jesse? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's Jesus talking about Jesse. Yeah, so the Ephesians, um, when we're talking about uh, the gifts of the pastors and the evangelists and the prophets and the teachers, this is an example of what will actually happen. So we're, so verse 13 through to 15 said, this will so it's talking about the building up of, of God's body. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of teaching. How I like that. to say, I like the sound of that. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that it sounds like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. That is us growing up. That is taking the trickle that, that we see that may just seem small in our lives, may just seem like the one talent, not the two talents or the five talents. I feel like I need to have a bigger talent. It's not, it's not true. Who told you that, that you needed to have something bigger? That's just the system of this world. Think bigger is better. It's not. It's about exposing it to the air and letting God do what he wants to do with it in our lives and with those around us. I love that. I love that. So in, in all of this, in Matthew 25, God has really been speaking to me about Doug and how I had, how I had buried my treasure. And I'm sure there's someone here, or more than someone here, who's thinking that same thing. Yeah, I've, I've, I buried it because I, you know, I, I don't know how to use it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't even know what it is. So I'm going to bury it and not worry about it. And, and for me, burying it was like just doing something else. Just, um, yeah, I know I could do that. I know I could work on it and say, God, what is it? How do you want me to do this? Give me wisdom on how to develop this. Show me. Actually thinking it through with him, praying it through with him and talking it through with him and say, God, what do you want? What do you want to show me? I decided to do something else. I just got busy with something else. And, and, and in doing that, it's like I'm, I'm putting stuff on top of it. And that's me being dug may not have dug a hole and purposely put it down, but I've just put stuff on top of it. I've just put more and more dirt on top of it. More of my life layered on top of that until I realised I've hidden it. And I didn't know that until the Holy Spirit's saying, you're hiding what the treasures I've given you. So I want to allow a moment, if we close our eyes, let's just let Holy Spirit speak. If he's been prompting you that this is you, Take a breath. It's okay. He hasn't come back yet. And he loves you. 
You are his treasured child. More than just the slaves that it speaks about or servants that it speaks about. You're actually valued. You're his son. You're his daughter. And the treasures he's put in you, he knows is going to return a reward and a profit. But it's time to get it out of the ground. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for showing us. So in your way, just respond to him now. To say, God, I'm going to start taking it out. I'm going to uncover it. I may not even realize what it is, but I know I'm hiding it. I don't want to hide it anymore. I don't want to hide it anymore. He's so he's so pleased with the decision you're making. He's so happy with you. He loved you before you made that decision. He's so pleased and so proud of you that you're making a choice to uncover it. I feel those words of the song earlier, they come alive. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Treasures come alive, come out of the ground in Jesus' name. Be revealed in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that you heal the place where they were. You heal the thoughts that we have. Father, I want to address the different mindsets that we have. Just set them right, Holy Spirit. The way we see you, if we see you as a hard and difficult Father that always demands something, let that be changed right now. There's a change happening. There is a change happening. Treasures are being un- unearthed. God's being an archaeological digger. He's, he's sweeping away the dust of time and he's releasing it. While he's doing that, he's healing your mind and your perspective. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We expose these treasures to your air, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for releasing. Thank you for bringing the, the return. Thank you, you do everything. We're just going to be obedient with it. I need to see it. Thank you for unearthing it. And thank you for developing it.
Everything on the planet glorifies God. Doesn't have a choice. Actually, everything in creation glorifies God. Every planet, every star, every nebula, every gas formation out there in the universe, every organism on the planet glorifies God. We get a choice. We're the only ones that get a choice whether we glorify God or not. And even in that, God's still glorified. Whether we choose to or not, God will still be glorified. That's how immense He is. But do you know what's better? To glorify God. To make the choice to glorify God. You might think, that's great for you, Adrian, because you work in church you got a ministry, that's your bag, that's the jam that you run to. I work somewhere else, I do a different thing. God will be glorified through you. The blind man on the side of the road and the disciple said, who sinned, him or his parents, that he's blind? Totally blows me away here. Jesus says neither, but this was done so God's glory would be outworked in him and he's healed so when was God's glory outworked in him when the healing came or it had already taken place it had already taken place God's glory had been outworked in because Jesus said it and it even compounded even more when he healed him that that seed came to the air and it multiplied and that guy's healing came. Just imagine what happened from that point on. So what happens when our gift glorifies God? Whether we're good with our hands, whether we're good with our mouths, whether we're good with instruments. There is something in life that we all find simple and easy. And we go, it's just natural. It's easy. Everyone can do it. No, not everyone can do it. We're painting Kim and Callum's house. We hand a paintbrush around our family thinking they must have some genetics there, be able to paint well. No, they do. And they all paint really, really well. It's good, yeah. (laughs) I had to say that. I had to backpedal then because otherwise they may never paint again, you know. (laughs) But let's... You might think I've got some gifts here that I don't, whatever it might be, whatever your gift might be from God, you've got to find out what that is. Salvation belongs to our God. Peace is the realm of our God. Hope is our God's realm. Joy, you don't find it in anything else. It's not in anything else. Father, thank you for the gifts you've given us. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to us about our gifts, that we won't be stingy, we won't be dugs. Go and dug a hole, hide in it. COVID's made us do that, guys. This whole thing has made us shut down. It's like, ah, because it takes effort to go out and invest. It takes effort to actually think and be conscious about it. It takes you out of your comfort zone. takes effort need to exercise those spiritual muscles don't we need to pray 
house will be a house of prayer. Father, thank you for your spirit. Wouldn't it be amazing if we just all, you know, flowed in what God has called us to be? If we just did it naturally. We did it without ambition, without greed, without offence or hindrances from human contacts. Jesus came and did that so well. He taught us how to do that. Showed us, sorry, so that we can grow in that. Let's go this week. Let's not be Doug's, let's be Jesus. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.